Welcome to the Corporate Hippie Hustle. My name is Allie Brine, and I'm a career alignment coach, speaker, and founder of the Corporate Hippie Hustle brand. Through my work, I'm facilitating a corporate awakening, one empowered woman at a time. I teach tools to women who want to take their corporate careers from stuck to aligned. My ultimate goal is to get the right people in the right positions by challenging the status quo of the corporate world. I know some of my ideas might hit you as a little hippie, but after getting my master's at a top-ranked business school for human resources management and spending time in a Fortune 31 company, I've got some more traditional corporate thoughts for you too. I love pushing you out of your comfort zone because I believe that there's no excuse to not be the best version of yourself. If you're ready for a new take on some traditional corporate tools, combined with some more mindful hippie ideas in order to take your career from stuck to aligned, you're in the right place. I don't play average, and if you're here, I don't expect you do either. So let's do this thing. I grew up in rural Ohio, so a small town in rural Ohio. And in that town, money never came easy. Money came with hard work. Money was not your friend. <laughs> it was this elusive thing, this thing that you were constantly chasing, just trying to get your hands on, and it was really challenging to get your hands on it. This town was founded on farming, and it still abides by a lot of those farming principles today. The work hard vibe harks from the American dream, right? And that's the 2.5 kids and the white picket fence is all that you need. No matter what you have to do to get there, that is the goal. Six-figure incomes are rare, and they are highly coveted. They're maybe even considered to be a defining factor in that 2.5 kids and your white picket fence American dream. Because six figures is like being a millionaire. You don't have to worry. And yet money is evil. And people with money, people who have money are evil. Just, you know, look at, you know, insert name here that did something bad and ended up on the news. You don't want to be like them. So six figures is this like prized thing. It's enough to keep the family happy, keep them well fed, but not be at risk of being a horrible person. There was also no speaking of money. It was like this taboo topic. It was completely taboo to expose to the world your salary. You were either really bragging if you did that or you were just trying to get pity. It wasn't something that you talked about. I'd also once heard someone in the town say that it was good for young people to struggle with money because it taught them how to manage it better. Now, while I don't disagree that there is a need to learn to manage your money, I don't personally want to see anyone struggling with money, no matter what your age is. But that's a side note. Now, the entire idea and this concept that this farm town was raised on 
was the only way to make money was to trade your time for money. I started working with a client a few weeks ago, and their goal was to double their income in the next five years, which is amazing, awesome. I asked about, you know, how they were planning on doing this, and the plan was to climb the corporate ladder, essentially, and just receive raises along the way, so to make some very strategic moves there. The client also explicitly told me that they did not approve of working with a financial advisor or investing because the person was just going to be in it for themselves, this financial advisor, and they would just take their money from them. And investing can just be way too risky, like you can't have it. Now, stories like these, these farm towns, these clients, This isn't new. (laughs) These stories aren't new. These stories aren't different. These stories are what has been handed down for generations. And these stories are what I'm going to be examining and recommending some changes on on today's episode of The Corporate Hippie Hustle. This has been inspired by the fact that I'm currently reading a book um, by Amanda Francis, as she calls herself the Money Queen, and she recently released her new book. And now I've read a lot of money books before, Um, just, you know, practical money books, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad vibes, like the I Will Make You Rich, the Napoleon, I almost said Napoleon Dynamite, Napoleon Hill um, types of books as far as the energetics of money go. And I am probably like 50 or so pages into this Amanda Francis book. And I, it's just amazing. Like I cannot rave about this book enough. And I have been following her journey for a while now. And she's just been such an inspiration on the possibilities of money. And mostly because she's a total breath of fresh air from those small town farming vibes that I grew up with. I won't pretend to sit here and be an absolute expert on money manifestation and the energy of money or even into finances and investing and all of the things, but I will, as per usual, try to set you up with some different ideas that I'd encourage you to go and explore further. I want to create some opportunities for growth for you when it comes to money, because money is such an important thing in your career and in your life. Now, as I'm recording this episode... It's actually the day of the winter solstice, so the shortest day of the year. And then Saturn and Jupiter are going into what they're calling the Great Conjunction. This is the closest that they have been in uh, 600 or 800 years. And what I think it is is that um, it's the closest since 600 years, but we've it's the closest that we've been able to actually see in the last 800 years. But either way, whether that's right, wrong, or accurate, like 600 or 800 years, that's a freaking long time, okay? So today's a pretty eventful day. The other aspect of it is that Saturn and Jupiter are moving into the sign of Aquarius. If, if you guys follow Deborah Silverman at all, the astrologist, I literally just did her little like 
pinch my fingers together and like bring them together <laughs> move here uh, if you don't follow her she's an amazing astrologer I highly recommend but yes the age of Aquarius like the song this is where things are going to get good we're starting to consider the collective more a lot more than the individual and Aquarius is asking us to create new stories moving forward. They're asking us to decide what we want our stories to look like moving forward. Deb Silverman actually said this morning on one of her videos that like Aquariuses forget their name frequently. So they're always like making up stories just because they're so light, so lighthearted and so joyful and things along those lines. So we're coming into the sign of Aquarius. So today marks a lot of change going on astrologically. Therefore, in conjunction with the Grace Conjunction, I'm also declaring a lot of change in my own life and a lot of change in your life, especially when it comes to money, when it comes to finances. And that all starts with understanding where your stories from about money actually come from. So I told you a little bit about some of mine at the beginning of this episode. I come from this farming type town where it's work hard, play hard, right? Maybe not even play hard all the time. It's work hard, work hard. So we want to start taking a deeper dive into your relationship with money. Now, let me tell you another one of my examples. And this is one that I've seen happen a lot within my career. And it was these huge swings in money. Like it was having tons of money and then having no money. And it especially showed up for me salary wise, since we're talking career here. My first salary out of undergrad was, I believe, like a $27,000 base salary, somewhere around there, with a commission structure to it. And I remember one month I hit a $10,000 commission. So I had a 10 grand commission check. Granted, taxes hit quite a bit on that, but hey, it's all right. The more money I'm making, the more taxes I'm paying, and the more taxes I'm paying means the more money I'm making. So it's cool. Um, but, and obviously there's ways to, uh, I don't want to say manipulate that tax structure, but you can work with a tax person in order to get some relief on that. Anyways, so I hit 10 grand one month and then the next month my commission was $100, literally. 10 grand, $100. Huge swing there, right? Granted the 10 or the 10 grand held me over, so it wasn't exactly an issue that I only made $100 in commission the next month. But this also happened with my salaries. Now my first number, my first salary, I should say, ended at roughly like 60 some thousand dollars that year out of school. So that's the same job with commission. I then took a $30,000 pay cut to go work at Ohio State where my salary there was the same as what my base salary was at that previous job with commission. So right around that like $27,000, $30,000 range was where my salary was. I was living in a town that was more expensive and going to grad school. See, but grad school was also being paid for by O'Hare State. So there was a total comp issue here, or I should say a total comp factor that ended up working out pretty well. And then from that $27,000, $30,000 uh, salary at Ohio State, I went into big oil. 
where my first year with my bonus, I ended around 90,000 and the next year was well over 100,000. And then I pivoted into my business full time. And even before that, my business was at zero, right? I had to start at the bottom. So I had to start at zero and I had to build back up. So I went from six figures to zero to build back up. So this energetic shift for me is just like left and right when it was coming for money. And I started getting really curious and noticing this pattern in my own uh, experience. And I realized that part of the reason behind this was because what I saw growing up and how money was handled in our house. So my dad is and was in sales and he had a great job, like for sure. But sometimes truck sales weren't as lucrative as other times. I remember like around 2008, 2009, when um, everything hit then, like truck sales plummeted and it just was such a big swing. There were some years that we would take like vacation after vacation and we did a ton of traveling and all we went like all over the country. And then another year, my dad was packing his lunch every day because he wanted to save money. (laughs) Now, granted, I was younger, so I don't remember all of the details of, you know, how and why some of these things came about. But I do remember these vibes of being like, yep, you can buy whatever you want at the store, go for it. And then shifting quickly to, okay, we have to watch what we're buying for groceries this week. Now, let me say again that my dad had a very good job and we were very fortunate and I do recognize our privilege in this situation. I never worried about food. I never worried about, you know, losing the house. I always had a roof over my head. There was always heat in the furnace. I lived a very privileged life and I understand that I still do and I am incredibly grateful for that fact and I recognize that that's not everyone's story. So let me put that out there. But at the same time, there were still these energetic highs and lows when it came to money. So I realized that for me, that translated over. And I was behaving similarly with money. When it came to my salary, there were highs and lows, but there was also times where associated with those highs and lows, like I felt I could spend more and then that would drop me back into the lower, you know, bracket of my uh, income there. So it was very up and down. So I would challenge you to, in starting to begin to look at this money relationship differently, is to get curious. I would challenge you to become curious with your money habits. And not only with how you're spending money and saving money and behaving around money, but how does it feel too? There's an energetic aspect of money that I've learned about, which I think is really fascinating. And like I said, I'm not going to tell you that I'm a manifestation expert when it comes to money, but I think that there's some very interesting ideas that someone like uh, an Amanda Francis or the Catherine Zinkina will present when it comes to, to money. So how does it feel though? How does it feel when you spend money? How does it feel when your bank account is at a certain number? How does it feel when that number goes up or when that number goes down? How does it feel and how do your behaviors translate as well as far as the more like practical side of things? Do you also feel like if you have more money, you're going to lose money? Are you going to lose all of it? I would just really encourage you to start to dig into the energetic side of things with money and your beliefs with money around what it's supposed to look like 
how it's supposed to come to you, um, what it can and can't do, and whatever else it is. All right, so that being said, let's talk about the belief of trading time for money. This one's a big one in the working world. Now, Amanda Francis, I mentioned before, is the money queen. She talks about the energetics of money. And I've said that I'm not a manifestation guru as she is, but one concept that I've considered both energetically and practically is this concept of trading time for money. I'd always been taught that it was smart to save for retirement, right? You need to have your 401k or IRA, like whatever, like alphabet soup letter that is. (laughs) Um, But that's something that's so far out and like it's untouchable, that money is. And that's the story that you've been told. So that saving money for retirement is the biggest thing that you need to be um, worried about and, you know, having some some rainy day money and you have to only get this money from your salary. That's where this money is coming from, right? Yes, the company will contribute a potential percentage of your 401k as far as a match goes. But other than that, like that money is coming from you. And it wasn't until I read the four hour work week that I started getting a better understanding of automation and creating money in other ways that aren't just trading time for money. I'd mentioned this client earlier, and this client was also from a small town where the narrative of time for money also ran rampant. So we had some similar stories there. It's why people are primarily concerned about what number their salary is. Like you always hear about negotiating your salary, but so few people consider like, oh, I could negotiate my um, my time off or maybe a more flexible schedule or my work week or whatever that looks like. You always hear, let's talk about negotiating just your salary number because you're trained to think that your money that you're creating is finite just within your salary and that's it. Money, money doesn't grow on trees, right? Even though money legitimately does grow on trees because it's made of paper, <laughs> but that's beside the point. So While your salary number is important, yes, it's also important to look at other aspects of your total comp package, especially in alignment with what you value and what's important to you. This particular client was going back and forth on what is more important in their work life, money or happiness. And I see this trend all the time. It's because you're told that you can't have both. You have to choose one or the other. But if you can make your money work smarter and work for you in ways other than just your finite salary and maybe that bonus, then that frees you up and creates availability and freedom to allow you for more happiness at work. You don't have to then just be taking a position because the number is right and the money is right. You can start to take a position because it will make you a little bit happier. Not that I am opposed to working hard. Don't let me, don't let me misconstrue that. Like I'm down for working hard. I am also down for working smart. I think it's a balance. It doesn't have to be this big polar opposites of I'm rich, I have all this money, but I hate my life and I hate my job, or on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, I am absolutely broke, but I love my job. 
So how can you utilize your money smarter? How can you, you know, make money work for you? And I'm not talking to just about just like, don't do anything, stay at home all the time in order to save all of your money. I'm talking 401ks, IRAs, yes, those types of uh, future investing, but I'm also talking other investing options. What are other ways that you can make your money work for you and how can you do so comfortably? Because that's the other aspect of the story is that investing or the stock market or whatever it is is risky and if you do it, you're going to lose all of your money. But there's absolutely a sweet spot to be found in investing where you can be comfortable with the risk. A lot of the reasons that we don't look further into investing is because one, we don't fully understand it. It's confusing. It's, you know, overwhelming. There's so many different options. I don't even know where to begin. Is I, am I right? Am I wrong? Am I going to lose my money? Is that too much money? Like it's all the things. But two, we also then don't in turn trust people who know these types of things, who can help to guide us, these financial advisors or these investors, because we're taught that they're all just crooks trying to get rich off of us and they're just trying to swindle you and like make it a Bernie Madoff kind of scene, right? Because that's what the news shows you. That's what the news shows you. That's what people talk about. It's all of these, you know, big dramatic type of things that are happening. And while, yes, there are some people in investing and some people in the financial world that do not have your best interest at heart, but that happens in every single industry, okay? But there are also really great people who can assist you with advising you on your finances. I personally love my financial advisor. I got so lucky finding him. When I first started working with him, my salary was literally nothing. It was during that like 27, 30,000 K ish time at Ohio state. So he wasn't making any money off of me. There was like no money to be made off of me there. I might've bought him like a cup of coffee. That might've been the extent of how much money he was making off of me. But yet he took the time to teach me about investing. Every yearly meeting that I have with him, had and have with him, he still takes the time to break everything down for me. All the suggestions that he's making get clearly like laid out. He answers all of my questions, even the questions where I'm like, what's your cut on this? Like, what are you getting off of this? And he doesn't make me feel stupid. Like, he doesn't make me feel dumb because I don't know this. We created this trust and we have this amazing working relationship where we both benefit from it. I'm totally down with you're going to benefit from this too and I'm going to benefit from this. Like, let's do it. I'm in. Okay. Because it's helping both of us in the long run, right? So if you're interested and you want to know more about my financial advisor or if you are interested in order or interested in like learning about financial advising, I'm happy to pass his his information on. So feel free to just reach out and let me know on that one. So investing is definitely one option to utilize your money in a smarter way. Another option that's not always thought of is creating a passive income stream. And I think there's a statistic out there that says like people who are millionaires have like six or seven different streams of income. So they're not only becoming 
um, you know, highly financially regarded based off of just their job. Their money is being diversified, whether that is through investing, which I'll tell you it definitely is, but it's also through other means as well. And passive income streams is a way to do that. And what I mean by passive income is having something set up or setting something up, um, some sort of income making option where you don't have to really be on top of it all the time. It's the complete opposite of trading time for money. You only have so much time in the day. So if you can set up a system in order to generate money while you're not watching it, or you're not doing anything, this is another great way to grow your money and work smart. And this can happen whether you are in the corporate world or whether you are an entrepreneur and you want to diversify into something else. This could really look like a lot of different things. A big option could be like real estate. So real estate is really popular. Could you purchase real estate properties and then Um, reap the income from the rent on those after you're renting them out. Could you purchase, um, you know, real estate properties and hire out someone to flip them? And, or maybe you do some of the flipping. That is like a time for money piece, but you'd have to consider the investment options there. Or maybe you have a certain skill. Do you have a skill that you could teach? Online courses are all the rage right now, and they're pretty darn easy to set up, actually. There's a number of different places hosting them, and you could literally make money with your online courses while you are sleeping because people can purchase your pre-recorded course and you don't have to do anything else. Now, these are two just super simple examples, but there's so many more in creating the passive income streams. A little creativity really goes a long way here. So I would highly encourage you to think outside the box in different ways of creating passive income. Now, obviously, what you might be saying is like, great, Allie, like, but I'm going to need money in order to make that happen. And it may involve some money up front and it may involve some a little bit of work up front in order to set these things up. But when it comes to the money concern, we know that you're able to do the hard work. You're here, right? Um, But when it comes to the money aspect of it, money can be found in lots of other places. It doesn't just have to be you funding this. You don't have to have millions of dollars up front in order to make some of these things happen. I would highly recommend working with like your small business association or with a local entrepreneurship group that they can help you network and you can learn from others who have done similar things for you or as you. And of course, you knew I was going to throw networking in here, right? I had to. But there are grants. There are angel investors. There are investors for literally every type of business. And you don't have to go on Shark Tank to find them. If you have a big idea or you just want to create up this like passive side income, then ask for help. Utilize your support structure. Utilize your community. Utilize these resources. Amazon, Microsoft, Google, uh, whoever else you want to say that's a big name, they didn't start that way, right? And that doesn't have to be your goal either. This could literally just be a side hustle for you. You don't have to turn this thing into an Amazon. You don't have to turn this thing into a Google or whatever else. Like It can just be some side income for you, some additional passive income. 
but you have to start somewhere. Utilize your support system, utilize your community, talk to your small business association, and get some ideas on how you could actually make this thing happen. So the stories that we've been told for generations when it comes to money are definitely stifling our abilities to create lives that we are dreaming of. It is time to start considering how you can use money smarter. It is time to stop trading time for money and consider how your money can work for you. I will list a few of my favorite money resources in the show notes too, just so you guys have those for reference also. Let me remind you that any vision can be made logical. You just have to give yourself permission to create the vision first. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Corporate Hippie Hustle. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn for daily tools to help take your corporate career from stuck to aligned. I'd also love to have you in my Facebook group, The Corporate Hippie Hustlers, where I teach exclusive content and you can find a like-minded community of women who are looking to grow their careers. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes and keep this show rolling. I look forward to chatting with you in the next episode, but until then, keep hustling.